Hello! Welcome to Podspell, a podcast about the arts and America. It's episode three, and my guest is Stephanie Lutz. Lutz is an accomplished lighting designer, theater technician, and a pretty cool person to get a beer with. Our conversation covered her life in the arts and her feelings about the arts in America today, tomorrow, and years yet to come. Here's our conversation. So, hi! (laughs) (laughs) Hello! So, um, tell me about what is your earliest creative memory? Probably one of my earliest creative memories was when I was about three or four years old and I I realized that I could I could freehand draw mazes and they they worked all the way through and I could make them as big as I wanted and I would I would sit for just hours at a time and, and draw these mazes and I would be in daycare and they knew exactly how to keep me quiet they just gave me a piece of paper and a crayon and I could draw mazes all day long how has the maze led you to throughout your career? Well, mazes are really about, when you're drawing them, they're really about logicality, but there's such a flow, and you don't really know when you're making them, or for me personally, when I don't, when I make them, I don't really know where it's headed. I know it's headed to an end point, but I just have to figure out how to connect those two lines. Wow. <clears throat> Was there a, an evolution of the maze into something else? Um, I ended up starting to uh, draw, draw um, life objects, and uh, human figure drawing was something I was really interested in for a very long time, as well as ink and painting, and I, I dabbled in a lot of mediums, and one of my favorites that I got to dabble in was oil painting, and it's it's been quite a weird little journey between different mediums, between music and between the physical art and the performing arts and theater, and it really expanded into wanting to try and not be good at, but just try, Mm. just as many mediums as I can possibly try. Yeah, do you think that's what landed you being primarily in the theater now? What landed me primarily in the theater was I caught the bug for it in high school and I acted in um, three plays before I decided to go into the lighting aspects of it and I think that was one of the reasons I was a f- I was far more open to the arts because of this progression of being allowed to create and creating is something in the theater that I think is so unique because it's a group of us creating yeah is there anything or anybody that inspires you right now to create? Um, well, my, my mentor, um, Chan An, at the University of Idaho, really, um, he is pushing me, pushing me very, very far. Um, and it's, it's always a good thing in art to be pushed. It's always a good thing to just jump off the ledge. And that's an individual who is inspiring me right now to try harder, work harder, and produce better work. And also just, uh, one of the constants has been um, uh, Jane Childs, who, uh, through through many of the quotes over the week, I got to attend Stagecraft Institute, uh, instilled quite a few quotes that really have been some of the foundational work 
for the work I've been producing for the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Where does art and creativity fit in today's America, do you think? Well, this is a really tricky topic, really, mm-hmm. because um, uh, I remember reading The Art of Cruelty, um, A Reckoning by Maggie Nelson, and one of the things that was in the book was that like thinking is now considered like an elitist activity. And with art, I think uh, that we're capable of creating a concoction of of beauty and uh, not beauty. Sometimes even the ugliest things can be the most beautiful things. That we allow the audience to digest and think in a manner that does not feel elitist, it feels human. And I think that that, in turn, allows for the arts to have a... to have a a solid grounding within society. It's within society and a... a, like a provocation of society. Mm. The arts in general. Yeah. Do you think that art informs society or does society inform art? I've read many different takes on this. Right. Yeah, me um, too. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I believe I um, Edward Hooper, uh, one of my favorite artists, has a quote on this, and I I'm not gonna butcher his quote, but it's more about um, that art needs to reflect society, and a nation's art is greatest when it reflects um, the the people. I think that's a very strong argument and it's such a simple quote but at this at the same time going in through Maggie Nelson's approach of the avant-garde like film and media that we cannot rape our audience into realization yeah and so really I I find faults within both stances but I tend to lean more to art informing society do you think that as we're seeing such a big movement right now politically, particularly in response to certain administrative people, in response to policies that's happening right now, in response to our Supreme Court hearings that are happening at the moment, where do you see the arts coming in to make an impact on what's happening? Well, I recently was a Spiegel tent live designer, and it's just a, a tent in upstate New York. There's one of one of 30 tents around the world in upstate New York that um, we did a lot of queer cabaret and a lot of comedy and a lot of concerts. And the arts can have a very big impact on people. It had a very large impact on me seeing those shows and how political those shows are and how... Uh, people can be truthful in that truth is one of the things that needs to come out in a manner that can be digested and i think art is posed to do that how do you reach the people that might need it most as in like we're both queer identifying we both work in a lot of queer venues a lot of queer storytelling and what about people like like Mike Pence, who could really benefit from experiencing a political storyteller and digest and digest it in a way 
that could affect his influence on people and affect his opinion on people. How do you reach people like that? Like, maybe not him specifically, because he's the vice president now, and he's probably untouchable, but how do you reach some people like that that might need um, to broaden their horizons? That's a, that's a difficult question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, really, I believe, and this is coming from my experience as a, as a trans woman, there are people you can talk to and show them. There are people you cannot. Mm. There are simply people who are so stuck that no matter the amount of facts or um, alternative facts you <laughs> give to them, <laughs> uh, you, you just cannot, you cannot get through to them. And I try now not to waste my time on them. Mm. I simply abandon their presence. Mm. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's more of a self self-respect yeah great do you as we <clears throat> look at like arts education especially because there's you know it's becoming harder and harder for departments to expand for k-12 systems to incorporate arts into their curriculum do you think if there was a way to get the arts back into like early childhood education that we could maybe start to rectify and redistribute um, empathy into into certain groups in certain communities. Yes, absolutely. I think you know when we're, when we're when we're kids, what do we do? We play pretend. Yeah. We act. That like we're we're born actors. Yeah. <laughs> and as we as we go through, we begin getting really rigid within. This is I. This is me. This is us as a whole. And through that. We, we really lose the connection to the others because when you're acting with someone you know, you cannot, if it's a two-person scene, you cannot think of them as a rival. You have to think of them as a partner, even if you're playing a rival. Yeah. And when you, when you begin gaining that empathy with more and more people on the stage, off the stage, in K-12 through theater, uh, then you, you really gain a perspective on... The United States as a whole, and every in the world as a whole. <clears throat> Looking at your creativity and where it is right now, and kind of what you're working on and what you're you're focusing on in terms of your growth, where do you think your creativity is going to take you in the future? Like, what are things that you're thinking? Oh, maybe this is now possible for me, or this is something I haven't thought of before that I can potentially obtain. Uh, short, short term, I'm looking into a work visa for Australia and long term I don't wish to know <laughs> I don't I don't want to know yeah life will life life's gonna come in the way anyways yeah anything can happen at any moment and I believe that creativity is really we are never in stride with it we are never in stride with creativity I always believe that creativity is a couple strides ahead of us egging us forward <laughs> and uh, so I I I leave it up to to chance. I might see an ad on offstage jobs and be like, oh, I could do that over summer. Yeah. Oh, it's in Georgia. Okay. <laughs> Looks like I'm packing. <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. I'd like to thank our producers at Wolf and Thunder Productions. We publish every first and third Thursday of each month. And remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at Podspell.
day by day, remember to create, and create for the good of creating.